there. This is the Whispers in the Dark podcast, episode 78. How you doing there? Oh, hey there, little fella. How you doing today? Pretty pretty good. Pretty pretty good. Today's oh, going to be a fantastic episode of wonders and surprises and horror games. Oh, horror games, huh? Yeah, um, a lot of them came out. A lot of them we've played. Pretty good shit. Oh, yeah, that sounds pretty good, little fella. I'm not, I'm not that little. Oh, you look pretty little to me, little punk-ass bitch. Oh. This oh. <laughs> is <so> terrible. <laughs> that was the worst intro ever. It's okay, because this is episode 78 of the Whispers in the Dark podcast, and I'm your host, CJ Melendez. I'm Kyle. He's Kyle. Just Kyle. No last name. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. And this is our... We're recording a little early today. It's our quick episode. See how long Sorry. it takes. <laughs> Whitney is sick. Um, so it's just gonna be us talking about, uh, some news and some disappointing things and maybe some good things because a couple of games came out and we did some stuff. So, so I guess starting off, uh, the media that we've consumed, whether it be horror or not, you got any, anything special? Um, hmm. Well, I'll talk about what I reviewed later. Um, no, I don't think so. Not at all. Except for what we watched last night, which was Anaconda, the late 90s horror film featuring J-Lo, John Voight, Ice Cube, Owen Wilson, and some other people. Danny Trejo. For and like Danny Trejo. <laughs> it was, if you have not seen Anaconda, you just need to. It's very 90s, very terrible film about big snakes. And John Voight plays uh, a South American man, and all he does is squint the entire movie, and he's like, what did you say? And he's just—he's a snakish man himself, and it's—it's it's amazing seeing him in that film. Good times, though. That's what—that's what people do on Friday nights. They watch Netflix over Skype. Don't cry about it. No, we're perfectly fine. There's no sadness involved. And yeah, I enjoyed it. What about you? It was a lot of fun. It's like a terrible movie, but it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> it was so just—I hadn't seen it like God. I don't know. I might have been in elementary school the last time I saw it. I, actually, I'm sure I was. Um, but yeah, it, it's a pretty ridiculous movie. It's the cast, like even just listing off the cast, it sounds so hilarious. Like I just imagine some producer just drunk or high as fuck and just thinking like, <laughs> you know who she get in this movie? And it's like, it's just, I can't imagine. It just amazes me to think that there's, yeah, John Voight, Owen Wilson, uh, Hey guys, I just, I just wandered on set. What you doing? Oh, you're, you're playing with snakes? Oh, wow. Ice Cube and whatnot? Like, uh... Ice Cube perpetually angry the entire movie. Yeah. It's like, there's, oh, snakes out there this, there's snakes out there this big? Yo, I'm gonna cut him. Fucking... <laughs> such shipping, just a shipping movement. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah, God, that movie's, that movie's fun. I think I might look up the third one now. I didn't even know there was a third one. Actually, it looks like there's four of them. Remember? Oh, oh fucking hell! There was one that came out in 2008 and one that came out in 2009. What the? Yeah. Like, who who would keep watching those? You know? Well, they continued making uh, species movies too. The Sci-Fi Channel likes to make sequels for things, and they're usually really bad. Like, they made a sequel to 30 Days of Night, and uh, every actor is gone, which is the best thing about it. I think I saw that movie. Is that the movie with Josh Hartnett in it or whatever? Yeah, the original. Then the second one was just a sci-fi film. I never think that movie was really stupid. I don't remember anything else except for the ending where Josh Hartnett gets killed by the sunlight. Spoilers! It was beautiful. You don't know about that. It's, 
It was beautiful. Vampire love. But anyway, uh, this is the episode we're doing. And uh, still still a lot of things to talk about regarding Resident Revelations, because that's the hot topic. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Claire's in it. Yay! Allison Court's not playing Claire, though, that's, so that's a disappointing thing that we might mention. But your, 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 uh, your change.org petitions aren't going to work if at this stage she's not coming back. It's disappointing, though, since she did a really great job in Darkside Chronicles, and for some reason Capcom replaced her, too. Just like they did um, Ada's voice actress, Jill's voice actress, Wesker. Everyone, Everyone, basically. Yeah, everyone's different now. She was the longest-lasting, though, so shame on that, but oh well. Yeah, I guess they just probably went ahead with production, and maybe it's because of where they recorded. I bet anything it's about due to where they recorded the game. It's probably recorded in, like, L.A., and she lives in Toronto. Oh, yeah, so they probably have to pay for all that, and they're like, nah, we'll just get someone else. But, uh, let's see. The first thing I really want to talk about, because it's interesting, we did a review on the PC HD version of Dementium, which was god-awful. It was one of the only, I think it's the only review that we have that's, like, a one or a zero. It, mm-hmm. was, it was a disgusting mess. But, um... Good news is that the original creators of the Dementium series, uh, Renegade Kid, has regained the rights to the series, so maybe we'll get Dementium 3. So that'll be interesting. They they made some 3DS games. Um, Mutant Muds, I think. Some game called Moon is coming out. So yeah, Cult County, which was a Kickstarter that was a horror Kickstarter that did not get funded, unfortunately. Um, yeah, so they have a couple things under their belt, and they seem like they really want to get back into horror with Cult County, but maybe they'll just continue Dementium instead. Looks, eh, it could be alright, as long as it's not as bad as the last game that came out in that series. And, yeah. yeah, I never played any of those games, so I don't know anything about them. <laughs> yeah, just based on Andrea's review, it was it was one of the worst things in the world. And I uh, won't be touching that game anytime soon. But, jumping straight into scary third-person shooting horror games, uh, The Evil Within has a couple new trailers out, and they show a lot of things potentially spoilerific, which kind of pissed me off because I did the news on this, and I was like, oh yeah, let's watch the trailer. Oh, thanks. I didn't think the fate of a couple of characters would be shown in this thing. <laughs> cool. Cool, cool, cool. So just don't... I'd suggest not watching the, um, the TGS trailer or the new TV spot, because they will show some things. But if you really want to look at them, whatever. It show, does show some cool new environments, big monsters. This game definitely has a diverse map. Um, from what we've seen... You're in an asylum, you're in a Resident Evil 4-style village, you're in a city, you're in a parking garage. It's I don't know how this game's going to be structured, but it looks like imaginary world, come back to real world, which is all nightmare-filled. I don't know. We'll find out. But uh, Evil Thin is definitely on our radar since it comes out in a little under a month. Maybe, like, what? Yeah, three weeks? Hmm. You think we should just jump to the, the other news about the Evil Thin? Uh, no, not yet. There's a bunch of good news that came about. I guess. Uh, I, more, you know. more, a lot of port stuff, though. I think a lot of things are getting ported, like Anna. Um, Let me look here. Oh, we do have a couple of TGS things to report about, but if mostly we trailers. Ca- it, yeah, there's a bunch of cool trailers. There was another Fatal Frame one, and it looks like Fatal Frame might be coming to North America, maybe. Yeah. Which, uh, did you want to talk on that? Because I didn't put the post that news. Oh, yeah, so I can elaborate. Um, okay, so essentially... Um, there was a Japanese stream for Fatal Frame 5 to celebrate the release day of it, which was uh, yesterday or in Japan. It's up, I don't know. They have a diff- they're behind or forward, I forget. 
Anyway, so they're celebrating the release date of Table Frame 5. And on the description of the stream information, which was on Nico Nico, which is a Japanese streaming uh, website, it was completely written in English with an entirely new English title called, um, I think, something, I forgot, I'll look at it in a second. But it was a new title written in English, and it was also referred to as Fatal Frame, which is only, the series is only referred to as Fatal Frame in North America. So it's pretty interesting that they went to the lengths of creating a completely new title, as if maybe it's a localization title that they're going to announce very soon. It was called Fatal Frame 5, Oracle of the Sodden Raven. What we've been calling it up until now has been uh, the Black-Haired Shrine Maiden, which I think is a direct translation or something like that from the Japanese yeah. name, which is... Yeah, it is, it is. Yeah, so, interesting. Why would they change it if uh, it's not being localized? Who knows? But And, the fa- f- and uh, it should be noted that Fatal Frame is only called Fatal Frame outside of Japan. Yes. They don't call it Fatal Frame in Japan. Mm-hmm. I don't. What the hell is it called in Japan again? Project Zero. Project Zero, yeah, you're right. Yep, so it's it's an interesting thing. Maybe they'll announce something. Nintendo would be crazy not to release this game. They really need games on their platform yeah. right now. Even yeah, they're... Allegedly, Bayonetta is failing in Japan, yeah. sales-wise. Yeah. It's not even allegedly. It failed horribly in Japan. It's It sold worse than like the 360 version of the first game in Japan. Jesus. Yeah. That's, it's, that's, and the thing about that is, like, the highest-selling Bayonetta game in Japan was the first one on PS3. And I don't know if you remember, but Bayonetta on PS3 is, like, really horrible. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's really it's terrible. Not even 60 <laughs> frames. It's entirely 30. No, it's like fucking sub-20. It's terrible. <laughs> it's horrible. It's like, I can't even play the... I love Bayonetta, and I cannot play the PS3 version. It's so awful. Mm. And that and that Bayonetta 2 package that they have on uh, on the Wii U is amazing. Like, you get the first game for free with new stuff in it. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's not good. So, Nintendo, you need... Re- There's no reason for you to not localize this game. None. Unless they're, unless they're just so like down about everything that they're like what's the point no one's gonna buy it anyway not enough people will buy it but i guess that's the only thing they can do but then again i don't know it's it's self-defeating they gotta do something i mean i mean it's not it's not like people like playing horror games over here there's not a guy that has like 25 million viewers and only does is play horror games and screech yeah and and you know, I don't like giving props to PewDiePie, but I still—it's not even a props. I still say that the this horror renaissance is because of people like him. Mm-hmm. I don't the know let's what. It, I mean, I don't. Yeah, the Let's Play audience. I don't know what else it could be. That so, the, and why so many AAA publishers are backing horror again? Yeah, there's there's no other reason to do it besides that. I was thinking about this like culturally, like what happened in like it, it, it was there a TV show or was there something like that that could have done this? And the only thing I can think of, the only thing I can think of is the Let's Play stuff. So, and this looks like a game that that like <laughs> Let's Players would play. So Nintendo, what are you what are you doing there, little fella? What are you doing, little fella? Well, oh, I don't know. I just want to have my console not do so well. I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, they definitely need more exclusives. I'm still surprised that Smash Brothers isn't an exclusive to Wii U. That's a huge get for them, and they're like, eh, let's put it on 3DS too." Yeah, but I think I think Smash has an audience that would definitely double dip no matter what. They do, but probably yeah. not enough. I don't uh, know. They're, they're, yeah. Anyways. Anyways, since... I hope it comes though, because I yeah. I will buy. I really want Bayonetta two. And I would love to play the first one again and not have it look like utter shit. And um, 
because I only have the PS3 version. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately. It, I had a 360 in 2010, and that was the one game I played it on it. Um, or not the one game. That was the last game I had played on it. I got, like, halfway, and then I traded in my 360 just because I never played it. And I never got to finish it. And then I bought the PS3 one. I'm like, oh, God, this is terrible. Um, just abysmal, <laughs> the difference in ports. So, yeah, I would love to get Bayonetta 2. I would love to get the new Zelda. And I would really love to get the new Fatal Frame. So, Nintendo, you should bring that over. And I hope that this Fatal... Fr- they called it Fatal Frame 5 and changed the name. So, I'm actually optimistic that they might be doing it. Mm, it seems like it might be clues, which would be mm-hmm. very good. Um, yeah, so since the last episode, I guess TGS happened, and we got a lot of trailers for stuff. Uh, you reported on the Deep Down and the Bloodborne trailer. How yeah. were those? Were those good? Deep Down um, Deep Down is really strange. It kind of... I don't even... It still doesn't... They still haven't explained like, how the free-to-play model is going to work or anything like that. And, uh, it has a... Uh, a like the animus thing from Assassin's Creed, you know what that is, right? Yeah. yeah. Like the modern day go back in time, look at your memories thing. Like you go into, I think you like log into the deep down world, Wait, and then what? you have a. Yeah, I'm not kidding. <laughs> it's not just and, like in the time period. It's no. There's so like a weird. Fir- there's like a modern day thing that's in first person. You walk around like it's such a weird looking game. Yeah. Wow. If you watch that trailer you, that I posted, you'll see. Wow. Um, the Game Boy looks like it might be fun though, and. Provided they do like only like cosmetic armors and whatnot, it could be a really good free to play game. I am, I think free to play is perfectly viable, and there's a lot of good ones now. It's just if they can easily fuck themselves over, it's like here's yeah. better armor, just buy it for twenty bucks. Yeah, fuck avoid you. pay to win. Just free to play is really successful if you make a damn good game, and then let's then let people go. You know what? I'm tired of looking at this character that's just one color. I want to buy some colors. Done. It yeah. works for League of Legends. You'll be fine. Yeah, and the the Bloodborne trailer was absolutely incredible. Um, maybe like, oh my god, that game just looks amazing. <laughs> um, I cannot wait. I think I'm probably going to be reviewing it. Don't know for sure yet, but um, either me or Zach, and it it just looks so stunning. This it definitely looks like in tone is more like Demon Souls. Which if you were to compare Demon Souls and Dark Souls, Dark Souls is kind of like a gothic fantasy where this is where. In tone, I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, um, maybe not even gothic fantasy, maybe dark fantasy. That's probably the best way to put it. Versus Demon Souls, which is like a gothic horror fantasy. Mm. Um, and this looks more in line with that. Like, this this has a very... Um, like, a lot of people think it might actually be a straight-up sequel to Demon Souls. Because um, um, I believe the, uh, the lady in black, I think that's what she's called from... Uh, Demon Souls, who's like your guide in the game, and you can hear it's the same voice actress like saying a line in one of the recent Bloodborne trailers. So people think it might be a sequel. Don't know for sure. Um, and the ending of Demon Souls kind of alludes to greater things. But um, yeah. and for people that don't know, the reason why Dark Souls is different from Demon Souls, despite them gameplay being very pretty much the same, um, uh, Sony owned the rights to Demon Souls and. From wanted to make another game, and Sony didn't at the time. Shuhei Yoshida said this was actually a really big mistake on their part for letting Dark Souls become like a multi-platform thing. And um, then they made uh, Dark Souls, which is um, an entirely different fiction, but it, the gameplay is basically the same. Um, but yeah, so the the you should watch that. Everyone should watch that Bloodborne trailer because the atmosphere is oh my god, it looks oh I want it so bad. I'll watch it. I still need to make some progress in Dark Souls 1. Um, I'm told that it gets 
I gets more uh, alluring and fun after the depths, which is where I am. So I'm going to try to get past that and see if it's true for me. The difference for this game is a lot different. Um, it's a lot faster. It has what's called transforming weapons, where like the weapons will have different states. So you'll have a sword that um, is kind of not a. It's not even. It's I don't even. Know, it looks like a giant like hand razor or something. Not like a like those hand razors you see in like movies, like a, a like a big flick blade kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, he he has it has one state that he kind of holds it more like a sword, and then he like. Uh, flicks it and then it like expands like a switchblade and his attacks change and um uh, there's no shields armor is like leather and not heavy stuff um there's yeah you there's a dash now there's um the sh- the the shot you get blunderbusses and they're not they're not it's not a shooter suddenly the from what everyone said in the demo um the blunderbuss is more for defense, so like for keep away. So if a monster's about to hit you, you can use a blunderbuss to like stun them and then dash out of the way or something. Um, huh. uh, it's this one's actually being made by Miyazaki, who was the director on Demon Souls and Dark Souls. He didn't direct Dark Souls too, and um, he, uh, um, according to the demo at PAX, out of the <laughs> like seventy or eighty thousand people that attended PAX, only twenty people beat the demo. Wow. Um, now that's not to say all 80,000 of them played the demo, but uh, knowing being into PAX Prime, the lineups are always crazy and like hours, like I remember I wanted to see Bayonetta 2 when it was there last year and it's like, yeah, I'll wait for 45 minutes. I'm like, uh, nope. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, that's, a, it's going to be a tough game. Although con- an environment like a convention is pretty hard to play any game I find just cause it's like shitloads of people watching you and there's lots of distractions so but anyways i really 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 want the game and and they confirmed that it's a february release date like worldwide so everyone's getting it in february not bad not too long from now not too long um next thing from tgs was an expanded uh look at the revelations 2 concept teaser which is live but people just standing in a room the camera pans from left to right very slowly as the little girl runs down the hallway and you just see characters that are probably from the series past, um, including um, uh, probably Jessica from Revelations 1. You see Barry yelling at who's probably a girl, probably who's Myra. You see um, Claire. And the trailer tells you that evil is watching. So I have a, I have a personal little theory because um, DC Douglas, who's the voice actor of Wesker, he posted this trailer, or one of the, one of the Revelations trailers, without any other text whatsoever, which is really odd because he, whenever he posts something, he always adds something a little witty or funny. And he just posted the trailer without any other words, and I find this suspicious. And in my head, when they say evil is watching, I just imagine the opening of Jurassic Park <laughs> where they're excavate, excavating, and they just find a big rock. And <laughs> Wesker's head is going to be in that rock. And then when Jill and Moira find, like, they find like the boss area, you mean Claire and Moira? Claire and Moira. Yeah. They're gonna go to open a door, and he's like, "I've been waiting for you." And it's just him in carbonite, like in a big boulder, and it's just his nasty little head sticking out. He can't move, and he's attached to like little machines and stuff. And all he is, he's just become a monitor. He's the background guy again, but he can't do anything physically because he's he's in a rock. He's a boulder. And then at the end of the game, um, uh, Chris is gonna come and punch him. Maybe. Yeah. The last part's fake, but I actually do think Wesker might be coming back because it's cheesy enough, it's stupid enough, it's 
it would be great because DC Delgus's Wesker is so fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and someone's watching Claire, so I think it might be Wesker. Why not? I mean, I mean, they all, all of Resident Evil Six wouldn't shut the fuck up about him, so they might as well do it. Yeah, and it's not like we won't know if he's in the game before release because Capcom has a great, great knack of spoiling everything before the game comes out. Hey, yeah, look at this tombstone. Jill Valentine's dead. Oh no, who's this bird lady? I only wonder who. Uh, God, they're really bad at that. But if Wesker's in it, that'd be pretty hilarious. Next mm-hmm. thing is we got a look at the original concept video for Silent Hills. Hideo Kojima's little scary game. Mm-hmm. People are freaking out about. It's not a new video. It's actually it was created before the PT demo. So it's just like a concept that Kojima made up with his team to prove that uh, he can do a horror game. And it's a very fast-paced like montage of crazy things happening. Slug people, this lady's head getting sucked up by the slug man. A slug lady, I think. Uh, a child's head falls in a room, which is actually Chico from <laughs> Ground Zeroes. That's probably just them reusing the model, yeah. though. Yeah, they said that. Uh, well, they did. They confirmed that? Yeah, yeah. They just said it would be faster. Uh, oh. Like, the walls were um, covered in uh, centipedes and stuff like that, handprints. It's very fast-paced, creepy thing. Um, it looks good to me. It has some, some weird imagery. I'm really hoping it, was, it translates well. I thought it was fucking awesome. Yeah. It was, like, lots of disturbing imagery, like when Chico picked up his head and all the fucking centipedes crawled out of his mouth. And um, I know some people thought it was a little too fast-paced, but it's, yeah, it's a concept it's a con- video. Exactly, exactly. It's a concept. Like, you're not going to walk down a hallway in the game and have 50 things happen to you. These are ideas of what could happen to you through the course of the game. And yeah. the way it ended with the door flying across the hallway and then opening a weird staircase was really cool. Mm-hmm. That kind of fucked-up uh, layout and imaginative design would be really fun to see. But yeah, so Silent Hills, nothing else besides that. Um, yeah, we don't know anything about it really besides uh, who's working on it and uh, what they're trying to do. Hideo Kojima says they originally wanted to make a game that would make you pee your pants, but he said they changed the idea to make it a game that would make you want to poop your pants. So they're going all out, I guess. And Kojima seemed really excited about it. Way more excited than any Metal Gear game I've seen him talk about in an interview. Yeah, he's he's been doing Metal Gear for too long. He needs to take a, a breather, stretch his talents out, and do some other things. He seemed really excited during the stream, and um, yeah, I really liked it. Uh, there's not a whole much to say about it. I really liked the colors from all the toys inside the mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the hall and whatnot. It was really cool. Now, what do you think about the potential for this game to be episodic? Uh, I don't know. I don't. I, I to be honest, I don't really know what to think of the game as a whole. I think it it could be really awesome. I think a lot of Silent Hill fans. Not even like the people that are angry that it's not Team Silent. I think a lot of fans are going to be like, this is in some ways might be like Silent Hills, Resident Evil Four, where it's going to bring in another entire audience, mm-hmm. and and pe- people are going to be like feel betrayed by it. Um, it's a little different from the Team Silent thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more just like, what are you doing in my house suddenly? <laughs> um, well, but uh, I'm just yeah, not a fan I, of episodic as as a way to cut up the story. Like I don't want. When I get this, okay, when I get a new Silent Hill game, I don't want to wait a week or two weeks just to keep playing it. I want to sit down like I did with Downpour, close my blinds, and just fucking power through it. I don't want to wait. Like, just give me a full game. I'm not a big fan of episodic like that. I mean, it works for The Walking Dead, but if more of my games started doing that, no, I'm, I don't really want that. I don't know. I'm kind of indifferent 
I'm kind of, yeah, I don't know, really know enough about the game. It's, if they, they can, they might do it. I don't know if they will. Kojima really, I mean, at the end of the day, all they're selling this on right now is the people involved's name. We don't know the story. We don't know anything about it. Um, it's so far away. It's, it, for me, it's kind of, I don't even know what to say about it just because it's like, yeah, it's so far away and we know so little about it. I'm yeah. not a huge fan of episodic either, but I don't know if it's done right. It can be fine. If it's done like Telltale and like, oh, here's fucking a half hour, hour and a half episode three months later, that, that's bad. <laughs> if it's every week for a while, that's fine. I don't know. A whole bunch of footage came out of Revelations 2. There's a gameplay demo. Um, recently they confirmed, I think it was actually over the night, uh, you'll be able to play as the BSAA costume uh, Jill and Chris in Resident Evil Remaster, which already has trophies, surprisingly. That game, I think that game's coming out sooner than they're uh, letting us know about. It's already got trophies up. Yeah, that's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, so it's probably done. Um, uh, as for the story of Revelations, I, I don't expect it to be very good, but guess what? It was a, a Burton family tragedy. It's going to be revealed, and it explains why uh, Moira doesn't use a gun as the co-op character. And I'm telling you this Ugh. right now. Please remember this. The end of the game is going to have a scene where Claire's in trouble, and Moira's going to pick up a gun to save her, and they're going to exchange a look at each other, and that'll be it. That is a guarantee, because I've played a whole bunch of Resident Evil 6 the last two weeks, playing with a friend, and that's how they tell their stories. And it's, 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 it's awful. I hope this game isn't awful. I mean, the gameplay looks good so far. I don't mind that it's like running off the RE6 uh, engine and animations, but ooh, I don't expect a good story anymore from these games. It's don't don't. You'll just you'll just be stop 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 theorizing too. It, you'll just you'll end up crying at the end. <laughs> It'll be worse than you could possibly imagine. Like it is you every can, time. You can enrich your mind in so many ways. There's so many great things out there. Yeah, like Danganronpa, um, which is yeah, exactly. objective. objective. objectively better. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The know, writing like, is fantastic. It's... Whereas, yeah, Resident Evil. Let me tell you something, kids. I've been playing these. I literally played these games since 1996. Like I was like in the third or fourth grade when the first one came out. And uh, I guess I shouldn't get into. I won't get into the story. But basically, I played it at a friend's house, and um, it was one of my favorite gaming memories ever. Was playing the first Resident Evil, being really scared, having a lot of fun, and. Um. Yeah, they these games don't have good stories, not even close. They're like, especially, I don't know if it's just because I'm older or more cynical, but like, I feel like some of them, like Resident Evil Remake or Resident Evil Four, they took themselves just seriously enough, but they were still cheesy. Um, but they were like aware that they were cheesy, which isn't always great either. But like, like Resident Evil Four's second half, three fourths of it is like self-aware camp. Um, basically, as soon as you're out of the village, it's self-aware camp. Um, whereas, like, five, uh, six revelations, they all really take themselves seriously. Yeah, like, they really do. And it's so it's so melodramatic. Like, the worst ever... I mean, I've the worst scene ever in a Resident Evil game was... Maybe not the worst scene ever, but one of the worst, like... <laughs> one of the worst moments in the series, anyways, was... Um, Chris's peers, there's this, Chris's partner peers, <laughs> becoming a, a lobster man shooting lightning, and I'm like, I'm like, it, it's trying to be emotional and whatnot. And his it's face, like, his face is so mangled that his eyeballs are sticking out. You will get you through this. We can fix you. 
it's like I couldn't I couldn't take it seriously at like it's just like this is so pathetic and this the, is... the, the sexual tension between Sherry and Jake and the Spanish music and oh the, the Spanish guitar the sexy Spanish guitar I forgot about that <laughs> oh my god these games are so hard these games these games bait fans really badly too like oh Sherry Birkin's coming back what does that actually mean for the narrative like she she it meant was one character yeah literally meant nothing it's like like they contradict themselves all the time too, because like the Wesker reports, like, oh yeah, uh, we have Sherry, she's in our possession, and then Resident Evil Six, and it's like, oh, actually, she was, um, she was actually with the government this whole time, and they trained her as a, um, an agent and whatnot, and, and whatnot, and it's like, oh, okay, like, <laughs> like I don't even really care about the retconning or anything. It's just like it. I see it again now. It's like, oh, Claire's back yet again. They're baiting people with a familiar character, and like Barry's daughter's in it. It's like I don't know. No it's one just... cared. No one wanted Barry's daughter. Everyone wanted Barry. Them doing this is pretty hilarious, though. Like, hey, you want Barry, right? Well, how about his teenage daughter? I actually would love it if Barry was just like over the top and like running around in a bath towel. And <laughs> <laughs> if he's an unlockable character, it'd be great. Like he needs to be like the overbearing father. What are you there? And he's just goofy. He trips over himself. He's like, oh, ah! man, this shirt's too tight. Just to please yeah. the, <laughs> the bar demographic. Yeah. Like, oh, boy, Barry the bar. But anyways, I don't mean I don't mean to be too cynical about Resident Evil, but it's, I mean, I just, it's but, a franchise that used to be dear to me many years ago, and now I just, I played too many mediocre to awful Resident Evil games at this point to care anymore. Like, after beating Resident Evil 6 again a few days ago, and remembering that the entire story is as a result of the bad guy being obsessed with Ada Wong in a weird, like, dominant way, like, I want to own you, I made you, come and embrace me. And when he's a fucking tiger with a turret on his back, and he's saying <laughs> these things, you got to be fucking kidding me. Like, I really want Revelation 2 to be good. Don't think I don't want it. I want a good game, because... Why would I want mm-hmm. a bad game? If I'm going to play a game, it better be good. So I have fun. But yeah, Resident Evil has not proved lately that it's good at writing or gameplay in some regard. Well, I mean, they, they make these stories way too complicated. Like, like why does there have to be a story about some guy that's has who's in love, who wants to just, like, destroy... <laughs> pardon me, hiccups. He wants to, like, destroy the world because Ada doesn't doesn't want his DD. Um, but... Doesn't uh, <laughs> <laughs> want his DD. <laughs> Never mind, but um, it, like, why? Like Resident Evil One. It's like I actually enjoy that game. I enjoy the plot. Even it's like, yeah, Wesker a bunch of, co- a bunch of cops. Them. Yeah, bet- Wesker betrays them. They go into a mansion. You read the notes. Those are the, the best. Always the best part about Resident Evil's writing yep. was the notes. Reading about why the environment was like that. You know, same with Four. It's like, oh, why? Why are these villagers acting this way and whatnot? Um, but. Yeah, they get way too convoluted and weird and silly and so comically stupid. Yeah. Like, it's like, all you need is, like, a scary environment and a reason for those people to be there. We don't need, like, Bishonen guys singing to leeches. We don't need, like, guys talking about their hands coming off. I guess that was Leon making fun of Salazar. We don't need, we especially don't need all of Resident Evil 6. So we just need a simple <laughs> story, like... Yeah, there's a there's a scary environment. Why is this person in a scary environment? Go from there. Maybe it'll be you know same with same with me. You know, God, I'm rambling a lot, but yeah, yeah. Revelations too. I hope it's a good game. It's following Resident Evil Six's gameplay design and level and how they did levels in that, where everything's like really narrow and linear. And I'm not a big fan of that, but whatever. We'll see. 
Yeah. We shall find out. I think it's going to be a Comic-Con, so I'll try it out and report back. Uh, this next thing, which was a huge surprise from TGS, because WoW Horror is really kicking it lately, is a game called Project Scissors, a spiritual successor to the Clock Tower series. And the talent behind it will surprise you, uh, for starters. Uh, let's see, Hifumi Kuono, who was the original director behind um, Clock Tower First Fear and, the Clock, and Clock Tower, uh, is coming back to direct this game. And the person who's doing the art design and the creature design is none other than Masahiro Ito, who is famous for his creature environmental design in the Silent Hill series. Whoa, that's pretty good. He's making scary monsters again. And last but not least is um story. like uh, he's As a creative producer, he's also helping with the story and stuff like that, is director Taka, uh, Takahashi Shimizu, who is known for the Juwan films. So holy shit. Yeah, that's a fucking goddamn. This is a lot of talent. A lot of that, horror talent making this a could, game. This could... I'm not even kidding. With names like that, this could be like... This could put all the other horror games we're talking about lately to shame. It could, oh. although... Although it is going to be limited to mobile devices. So oh, I have it is? To, yes. Oh. It, a lot of people are disappointed about that fact. But then again, it is an indie developer. They're actually stressing that. They're, they're saying, we want to prove that quality indie games can come out of Japan. And uh, the studio is actually called... Um, Nude Maker, which is really weird. Uh, they're indie, so they, I guess they don't have a lot of money right now. Maybe if they took the game to Kickstarter, they'd be a little more successful. But the game is planned for a PlayStation Vita, yay, an iOS and Android release. And maybe if it does well, who knows, we'll probably get a PC version. Vita is awesome. Yeah. I hope, I hopefully, how are they getting funding, have they said? Um, they haven't. They probably have some backing somewhere, but you know, not enough to announce a platform, every other platform right now. That's a really... Um, Great lineup, though. Wow. Yeah, very, I'm, very talented team. I'm really interested to see what uh, uh, Ito does for the art direction because yeah. I always love his stuff. Most, well, not all of it, but um, not ladies with giant boobs and nipples and rings through those nipples. <laughs> yeah, those are, those are weird. Yeah, those look when, weird. But a lot of his stuff is amazing. Yeah, when he tones back the fetishism and stuff yeah. like that, it's really good. Um, the story, which is pretty hilarious because it does have some parallels with the first Resident Evil Revelations, is basically a cruise ship. Scary things happen, murders happen, and I'm assuming monsters appear eventually since he's working on that. A cruise ship is a great setting for a horror game, though. Yeah, it definitely could be, but this will be maybe the first time it's done really well. Because the only <laughs> times I can remember is Resident Evil Gaiden and Resident Evil Revelations. Oh, there was also Resident Evil Dead Aim, I think. I was on a cruise ship, too? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Whoa. I don't know. I'm fairly positive it was. Hmm. Well, Basically, Resident Evil hasn't been able to do it. Yeah, Resident Evil can't really do it too well. Uh, but I, I hope that... I mean, one thing I did like about Revelations a lot was that feeling of the, the boat rocking. The, the environment always kind of moving, like swaying. I, I like that feeling. So, yeah. Alright. Um, so that's about, about it with Project Scissors. Really interested, especially now it's on the Vita. I know some people don't really care about portable platforms for a game that sounds just amazing, but give it a chance. Maybe if it sells well, we'll get some more. Vita's for, awesome, so... Yeah. Vita is pretty awesome. Uh, we have a review for Doorways Chapter 3. Uh, I did a preview for Doorways Chapter 1 and 2 a while back. Doorways Chapter 3 is standalone. Tara did the review. She gave it a 5 out of 10. She didn't like it too much. Um, hearing kind of the same thing from a couple other sites, it's not that great. I was really hoping they would continue to improved since chapter two showed more promise than the first one but yeah uh kind of disappointing that's not great but i'm gonna check it out eventually i think i 
think I have the copy. I think I own it. I think I do. Um, more about Evil Within. Adam Sessler from G4 and Rev3. That cool guy. He went to Japan and talked to Shinji Mikami. And it's part of a series of him just figuring out what the, what's in that guy's head. Talking about <laughs> how the game came to be, what's the elements of the game. And he even touched upon like asking Shinji Mikami what his definition of horror was, which is like, yay, that's what I do. <laughs> I ask those same questions. So you can definitely get that from Shinji Mikami in these video series. In this video series, as as uh, the trailers, it shows more footage. Thankfully, there's no spoiler-ish stuff here. Um, lots of blood, lots and lots of blood, gore, violence. Evil Within is gonna be a gory game. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, it's more than just that. I'm hoping the story's good, but I'm not banking on that really right now. That's it. Um, continuing on the Evil Within, the game has gone gold. It's finished. Development has ended. They'll probably do some patches or whatever. But while that is great and dandy, on the same exact day that we found that it had gone gold, we got the system specifications for the PC version of the game. And they are terrifying. Because they're insane. Because Okay, I'm going to read them off. So, one thing is 64-bit, which I'm I'm alright with, because if if you have a gaming PC, you probably should have a 64-bit OS, just so you know. The next thing is you need an i7 i7 processor, which is... That's expensive. reasonable. Uh, I, I don't have it, but I mean, I can still get past it. I've played games with i7 requirements. What you also need is a graphics card with 4 gigabytes of video memory. Yeah, that's what's ludicrous. That is... Absolutely insane. Okay, so to give you, give you an idea of how insane and bullshit that is, Steam on the Steam survey page... Less than two percent of Steam users have a four gigabyte RAM card, a four gigabyte graphics card. That is, I think the actual number is more about I think one point six. So I don't understand how Bethesda is hoping to do well on PC with this game if so many people do not meet the requirements. Yeah, it's um, it sounds like really poor optimization, like. Like four gigabytes of four gigabytes of video memory, like that's like at, at the very least like a five hundred dollar video card. Um, it, it is insane. Like I thought personally, I thought like a three gigabyte card was being like ahead of the curve. I think it is actually, but mm-hmm. a four gig. Oh my god! It's and that's cr- <sighs> I can't I can't play it on my computer. My my GTX five eighty. Like I'd have to upgrade, and I don't really want to upgrade. I don't. I mean, I could afford it fine. I just don't really want to. <laughs> See, I, um, I got this computer last summer, and um, technically it's, it has more power than uh, the PS4, which is the strongest console out there right now. But I have a 3-gigabyte card and uh, an i5, and that's been perfectly fine. And uh, I'm set to review this game on PC. So we're going to see what's going to happen, because Bethesda's not saying you can't play it. You just should play it with the 4-gigabyte card. Yeah, on there, um, that was kind of like... I mean, when I first saw that, I was kind of like, oh, whatever, maybe it's just like a mistake in the posting or something. But then on their blog, they've been monitoring the comment sections like crazy, by the way. Um, they One of them said, uh, we're not posting the the lowest system requirements because we want we are confident in this is how the game should look if you buy it on computer. Um, it's a next-gen experience, I say. It's the most bullshit PR crap ever. Um that's they're so ridiculous. Really, they're really like, sidestepping their answers when they reply to people, and it's 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 disconcerting because it's it's people being concerned that the game they probably pre-ordered already won't work on their 
pretty damn decent computers. This is requiring a lot. This is asking for a lot. This is this is not even is it is it ludicrous to ask a lot of it's like okay if they have things they say they have mega textures i'm willing to bet the mega textures all they are is probably the xbox one and ps4 textures i'm willing to bet that that's all they are um as opposed to the textures on the 360 ps3 that that's what's ludicrous though like the ps3 and the 360 hardware is literally 10 years old yes i know they did not come out 10 years ago but like the the r&d that went into that hardware was done well before the console ever came out either one of them like way before that's how consoles are made folks um that's just that's how they are they it's okay they finalize a design and then they refine it for a year or so and then they release it that's it's really old hardware um, and the fact that that game can be on that really old hardware, and the fact that they won't even post the recommend uh, specs on PC makes me think that this is going to be a horribly unoptimized port. And this has happened in the past. The infamous example is Grand Theft Auto 4 on PC. And uh, when it came out, it was just, you needed, you basically needed to brute force it with like crazy powerful, for the time, crazy powerful hardware. Mm-hmm. And, um,. Yeah, it's just ridiculous, because I was pretty confident I was going to get this on um, on PC, and now I'm definitely going to PS4, because, um, uh, it, yeah, I, I, my computer won't be able to run this well at all, <laughs> according to these recommendations. Yeah, it's like, like Wolfenstein, which is also running on the ItTech 5 engine, gave some people some issues, but it was still playable. But then there's also, you have to consider that this is a Japanese team, yeah. And Japanese developers have not done a lot of PC ports, and like as a whole, that's still a new market for them. You see, like a lot, like Deadly Premonition had its own issues. Um, some other JRPGs that came to P- that came to Steam had issues. Metal Gear Rising Revengeance had issues. And adding that together with the wonkiness of ID Tech Five could mean this game is just going to be absolutely awful on PC for the majority of people. The vast majority of people. It is yeah. literally the the two percent fucking steam users will be able to play this game and you want to know for to give people an an idea of what that hardware survey means valve recently announced that there was a hundred million active steam user accounts um so think about what that number must be uh it's crazy it's absolutely insane like like honestly like i've always said like i can you know, like this. I don't think Shinji's ever made a PC game ever. I actually thought about this. His game, the games he's directed, Resident Evil One. Like some of these games might have gone to PC later, but I don't think he's involved. Um, Resident Evil One, like product number three. I don't remember that game. Um, uh, Resident Evil Four, uh, God Hand. Uh, uh, what's that platinum game? Vanquish. Mm-hmm. And now Evil Within. I think there's another one in there. Shadow the Dam, probably. Shadow of the Damned, I think he was also involved with the Aladdin game on, like, the Super Nintendo. <laughs> Shadow of the Damned, he did not direct, though. Um, but in any case, he's never really worked on one, and I don't think any of his team have. And, yeah, this is a an engine that has lots of problems for Western developers who have a lot of experience making PC ports. And this is a developer that's a n- brand-new developer. Literally, this is their first game. Um, like, Tango. That, like, his, you know, the people that work there, it's not all their first game. But, um, yeah, I... <laughs> I kind of had a problem, or I kind of had a, a feeling that there, this game was going to have technical issues. Like even when I watched the res- or the the PS4 stream that Bethesda did, like about a month and a half ago, I'm like, ah, oh, it's hitching every so often. Yeah, but and they also delayed this game for polishing reasons. And 
I'm I don't know if this is came from NeoGaf or one of the Bethesda people who are doing some damage control, but I think the game is uh not going to be 60 as well. It's locked to 30 frames. I don't have a problem with that, honestly. Well, if um, I'm saying I don't have a problem with 30 frames, but if it's locked because of technical reasons, because they just couldn't get it to work, that could be mm-hmm. another sign that maybe they just oh no, we don't know how to make this work now. Uh, I mean they. The Wolfenstein port on PS4 was amazing. It was really good, 1080p, 60fps constant. Um, but I think, yeah, uh, I mean, it's it sounds like it might be a really bad port. It might be fine. Who knows? But the the, uh, the comments after the fact from Bethesda are what's most disconcerting. That to me. Yeah, they're kind of dismissive and they're sidestepping the issue that people are asking. Like someone said, "Why do I need six gigabytes of RAM? Can I run it with? Can I run it with two gigs?" And Bethesda staff said, "You really should have four gigs to run it. You should have this. It's like that's we should have a super high tier computer to play a game that's kind of like not crazy out there. I mean, games that exist yeah. right now look better than it. And you're not making an open world huge massive title. You're making a potentially linear small environment horror game yeah that's like i would expect this out of like uh, i wouldn't even really expect this out of like a crytech like crisis push the hardware to its max type of game because they at least make their games work on really low-end computers if they they always have and this though yeah there's games that look better than this like i love the art direction i think this game looks amazingly gorgeous and even in a technical sense it looks gorgeous but it should not need Four gigabytes of video memory. That is so crazy. Yep. Um, when someone on their blog said that, you're not giving me a direct answer. Is it playable on two gig cards? Even if it's at low settings. Uh, they replied with, talking with the folks on the team, you can give it a go with two gigabytes, but it's definitely not recommended. We're not mm-hmm. posting minimum requirements because we're looking to share the requirements that show the game the way it was meant to be played. I'm sorry, but PC, PC games, they're meant to be played the way you can play them. Yeah. You, there are specifications for a reason, but PC games give you the option to make a game look better or worse depending on your hardware. And you're making a game that's cutting out 98, more than 98%, like 98.30% of people on Steam. So do they not expect the PC version to sell well? Are they just banking on consoles only? I think, I mean, I think that it's they're in a really rough spot. I mean... If this is the case, they should honestly delay the PC version. They should, yeah. I, I don't mind waiting, and I won't be able to do the review, but that's fine. I'll, I'll, I'd rather play the game, and it's a good stake. Okay, what they need to do, they probably can't even do this anymore, but between now and release, give the game to a Western team. Give it to Machine Games or something. Let them optimize it as best as they can in these next two, three weeks, and have a day one patch ready. Because this is this is not good. This isn't good. I'm hoping no, I can run it. I don't mind. I, all I really want from this is an experience on par with the PS4. That's it. I don't need 4K. I don't need 60 frames. Just just make it work. Make it look pretty. Make it not stutter. And I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. uh, it's unfortunate because, you know, if this if <laughs> this really turns out to be what everyone's thinking it might be, it's like, and this is going to be a big controversy around this game. <laughs> Because um, that it's a real shame because the game itself looks amazing. I can't wait to play it. Yeah. But oh man, this yeah. is this is like the end of Star Wars Episode Three. You were the chosen one, Bethesda. You were gonna bring survival horror back, and you have a game that won't work on PC. And we don't even know how the game in general performs. It could be technically weird on other platforms besides PC. 
Yeah. Um, the demos that impressions I've read from people from PAX and everything said it was fine on Expo and on PS4. That's good. I don't know if they said anything about frame rate, but I'm assu- I'm assuming it's 30. Yeah. Which yeah. is whatever. Yeah. Which is a shame, but what can you do? Yep, and that's that. We'll find out whenever they send review code, and depending on the embargo, you'll see me ranting or being, okay, it's alright, guys, it's alright. We'll find out. Uh, now jumping ahead to your never-ending nightmares review. Would yeah, you think- uh, never any nightmares. I've been anyone that's listened to the podcast for a long time knows I was really excited for this game, and it's good. It's not amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, it has the, some of the most amazing production values and whatnot. Like, I mean, not production values. Like the visuals are, are pretty outstanding. Like, uh, I think this is maybe the best looking. Um, I mean this too. Um, it's all the art direction, but I think this might be the my the best looking game of this year for me. I really adore how it looks. It it looks like a children's picture book come to life, and um, it's it's a good game. It's it's about basically. I can't talk about really the story because the story is very light. There's a lot mm-hmm. of environmental storytelling, and the game's really short. But uh, basically, you you play as a guy named Thomas. He wakes up from a nightmare, and then he is stuck in a nightmare world. Whenever he dies, he wakes up from that in the side of another nightmare. And basically, it, it's a really good game. Um, the creator put a lot of his. It's a very personal project. Uh, the creator put in his uh, his experiences with mental illness and OCD and depression into the game. So, like a lot of the the uh, nightmarish imagery you see in the game was actually like when you have ocd a lot of times it's just you have like these overwhelming urges to hurt yourself um and like one of the things he said he saw was or like kept coming in his head was digging into his arm and pulling out his veins and um there's actually parts of that in the game and it's really unsettling and uh it's it's a good game um my problem is and you probably saw from when i was streaming it kind of feels like the same the level design is kind of like the same rooms over and over with slight changes, and it kind of gets boring quickly. It's a little too easy. The game, yeah, like even though everything one-shots you, like you hear everything one-shots you and imagine you think that's a really hard game, uh, but it's not. Enemies are really easy to avoid. Um, uh, usually you're just careless if you die, which anytime I died, it's basically because I was careless. And um, yeah, it's... Uh, I can't say a whole bunch about it. You just check out the review. I gave it a 6.5 out of 10. I do think it's a really good game. I love the music. I love. I think the voice acting that is there is really good. I think the art direction is just incredible. Just one of the most pretty games I've ever seen. And uh, it, it, it might be, it might be a divisive one. Some people seem to really, really love it, and other people are kind of like me, where it's like, eh, it's okay. I just think, I think a lot of its tricks get a little old. Like. This guy, Matt Gilgenbach, who created this game, was a big fan of Silent Hill, and I was kind of hoping for a more classic, like, brooding, uh, atmospheric horror, which they try and go for, but they rely on jump scares a lot, and jump scares are fine. Like, there's a couple of them that are wonderful, um, uh, but then the problem with junk, jump scares is if you do them too much, they become old hat and they become boring. And that would be my biggest thing about the game is despite the fact that it takes 80 minutes <laughs> to get to an ending, um, it feels a bit too long for what it should be. Like if this game was like 30 minutes and it had more endings, there's only three endings. Um, uh, if it had like, say like six endings and the game was only 30 minutes, I think it would have been a way better game. Um, mm. 
that would be that's my opinion. I know some people are like, well, thirty minutes. Like, well, that you know, it would be more interesting because there's so many rooms in this. They're just okay. I'm slowly walking through the room I've already seen seven times, <laughs> and yeah, it's it's a it's got a lot of good cool ideas. Um, the story is a little too vague for my taste. Um, I mean, I know I don't know if you if you agree, but there's kind of like the you know if you like Silent Hill, you like stories that don't they leave things up to your imagination yeah, or yeah. they they um uh, they give you enough clues but they never outright say things um but i feel that there there's a, a limit to how you do that like this it just kind of feels like you get to an ending and like oh okay mm. um it doesn't give you enough clues like if you play the game again i was trying to see like you know when you, when you replay silent hill 2 it's like oh that's what pyramid head's doing oh that's what the nurses are da 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 um I don't get that as much. I feel like you have to put in a lot of your own theories, like maybe even more, way more. To th- it's one of those things that's like, am I too smart for this game, or is this game too smart for me? Like, and I can never tell. Um, it's a, it's a good game though. I'd recommend people check it out. Um, uh, it's just not amazing or anything. Um, yeah. All right. I definitely want to get it eventually. Um, also, um, you gave it a six point five, right? Yeah. All right, just read at the number. Um, I want to get it eventually. I'm going to keep an eye on it. It's on my wish list. Uh, there's another game that came out. Uh, we haven't put a review up yet. It's The Vanishing of Ethan Carter. I'm hearing pretty good things. Pretty, pretty good things. I'm looking forward to it. Um, but that's about it for the news and review stuff. So I suppose we could just jump to questions. Sure. Let's see. The first one is by Frank Margarella. What do you think of horror tabletop games? Have you played any? Do you plan on playing any? Um, not really a board game or tabletop game kind of person. Maybe I just haven't found the right one. So I can't really comment on that, but, uh, I don't know. Not really what my friends play or do. What about you? I've never played one. See, if Zach was here, he could comment on that, because Zach is into board games and all that. Um, I heard him talking about it once. Um, not my kind of thing. I did invite him to the show, but I think he's in the middle of managing Ethan Carter, so I didn't get the message. But, maybe you can ask him on Twitter, Frank. The next question from Frank, because he has a couple. Instead of Norman Reedus, which actor or actress would you cast as the lead of Silent Hills? John Voight. It's, it's simple. It's, it's not even yeah, a question. Just John that's Voight. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> John Voight doing his <laughs> face. <laughs> Baby Bart. <laughs> I embrace you like a, a lover. That's what I do. No, he says, like, they, they, they hold tighter than your true love. <laughs> Whatever the fuck they say. <laughs> Uh, yeah, sure. Why not, John Boyd? In, in my in my restless dreams, I uh, see that town. It's called Silent Hill. God, what a horrible yeah. accent! Yeah, <laughs> what baby Bart, <laughs> baby Bart. Where are you, Matteo? Let's get this snake. I'm serious. God, I love in that movie that he fucking like <laughs> snake charms Owen Wilson <laughs> into being yeah, evil. Right? It's so fucking funny. Owen Wilson's like stereotypical. Oh, I'm Owen Wilson. And then he's like, we gotta catch this guy catching a big snake. And he like betrays his friends. Like, what the fuck is happening? (laughs) Oh, Anaconda. Yeah. Alright, next one. This one, I'm so sad Whitney's not here to answer this question. (laughs) Whitney, what hard drugs or alcohol do you recommend to really make the horror game you're playing more real than life? (laughs) So I wish she's not here, so please relay that to her on Twitter. Uh, next question by Ahmad. Uh, let's see. Da-da-da. 
Do you think that man is the true monster? All these wars, bickering, and utter insanity that could be the only attribute to us as a species? Yes, we are self, We are conscious. We are conscious beings, so we can see things that we want in a grand scheme of things, not just immediate, like a, a fish or fruit on a tree. We say we want power, we want control. So man is indeed the true monster on this earth. It's true. There you go. I think there was an episode of Buffy once where like a monster like there was a some one of the buffy villains was like gonna destroy the earth and then he was like why do you care so much about protecting it like you kill each other more than any any of us demons kill you by like tenfold and there's a lot of media about men being the real monsters but people are pretty awful (laughs) zombie fiction yeah zombie fiction every single (laughs) every single piece of zombie fiction ever except for resident evil because it's resident (laughs) evil um yeah uh yeah, that, that, I would agree with that. It's uh, people. It's uh, people have this. I don't know if it's an instinctual, ex- instinctual, um, instinctual thing, or if it's like a, uh, a, a something that's developed through cultural, or it's the fact that we're um, animals that like seek the comfort of others we're not we're humans are like social animals as a put we're not like a shark that a shark swims around by itself and doesn't care about other sharks uh humans like need other people around and i think there's like this overwhelming need to like want to like separate each other it's like oh this person has different skin than me so i don't like them it free scares me or uh, this person doesn't believe the same thing as me. I don't like them. Or this person has long hair. That's not even a joke. I read an yeah. interview with with a, a Ku Klux Klan member that said that they would even a, a guy could be basically they. I guess I have to explain the whole thing. Basically, they asked this former Ku Klux Klan member. Or he wasn't a Ku Klux Klan member. He was a skinhead. Um, he he former I should say. He just reiterating. He said they asked him. So when you went on hunts, which. When you're a skinhead, a hunt is basically just you go beat people. Um, and he said, "Would you? What, what would what would happen on these? Would you just see a black guy and want to go beat him up?" And then he said, um, "It wouldn't have to be a black guy. It could be like a white hetero guy, and he could be he could just have long hair. And that was enough." Well, wow. so yeah, so that yeah, yeah, people are pretty fucked up. Yep, we have a lot of biases as human beings because we think too much. It's kind of yeah. true. Grizzly bears don't have to worry about what other grizzly bears look like because they got to find food. Yeah, like, <laughs> they don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck if my nails are long or I'm missing an eye. They don't care about that. You cut off an animal's body part and they're just like, oh, shit, I can't do that anymore. And they just get used to it. Mm-hmm. That's why even like three-legged, two-legged dogs are still happy. They're like, oh, what's going on? They don't care. <laughs> they, they, don't, they have much simpler... If we were still in the bush looking for food, we probably wouldn't worry about these things. Yeah, like what... No one in the Congo is wondering what Kim Kardashian is doing and if they should look like Kim Kardashian. Don't worry Well, her, her and Kanye look like JRPG villains now. I don't know yeah. if you saw those pictures. Yeah, I did. God, that was, that was awful. They would be the bad guys of Final Fantasy fifteen. That would actually be amazing. <laughs> fucking, like... fucking Yeezus up there. <laughs> <laughs> I Why don't you appreciate me? I'm the god among men. I'm Kanye. And it's just like fucking, fucking... MTV. <laughs> just the fucking the Japanese boy band guys of Final Fantasy 15. What is he talking about? I don't know. Drive the car into him. 
<laughs> that game looks great, by the way. It does. Uh, next question from Ahmad. This is a Twin Peaks question to Whitney or Kyle, since I think they both saw it. What were the most awkward, horrific scenes you've seen in the series? Oh, that would be spoilerific, wouldn't it? For anyone yeah, listening. Um, I'll be I'll be vague. Ahmad, the one scene that I thought was way more fucked up than anything was, um, hmm, how do I allude to this? Should you cover your ears for a second? I won't actually say it. Oh no 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 no! You know what? No, I'll okay. The train car scene, Ahmad, in Firewalk with me. That was pretty fucking fucked up. So yeah. You should watch it, CJ. It's a good show. I I tried watching episode one. It got really boring. I wanted I want to like it. I want to see what everyone gets from it, but I just couldn't get it, which is odd. Well, then what do you care about spoilers? I don't know. I want to maybe try again. I don't know. I'm, I, it was the first episode. <laughs> just was so, it was just so slow. It, it, the first one is a little slow, but um, it's definitely a, a really flawed show. Like the second season gets into some like daytime soap opera shit that I like. I can't even watch it. Um, but um, I really loved it. So it's like the it's like me. It's like as influential a piece of media as like Star Wars is. It's not even an exaggeration. The idea of a of a of a, of a uh, TV show having a continuous storyline literally came from Twin Peaks. Mm. So like a Breaking Bad, The Wire, all those shows like wouldn't exist without Twin Peaks. Interesting. That was one. That's one of the reasons it failed because. People didn't get that. Like, if you watch most shows from the 90s or 80s, um, from the 80s and 90s, basically any TV television before the, like, 2000s, um, they didn't have a... that You could miss an episode, and it wasn't a big deal, because it was always a self-contained story. Like, Star Trek was like, oh, look, there's some Klingons doing something, let's go yeah. stop. And then the next week, they'd something about a nebula, and you can miss that episode, and not, you can still understand. Like, a to-be-continued was a big thing that back in those days. You never see that anymore. Like, imagine if Breaking Bad had To Be Continued. Every single fucking episode would say To Be Continued. Like Pokemon still does. Does Pokemon do that? Yeah, Pokemon's been doing that since it started. I didn't it's know just, that. It's, I don't know if they stopped it, but that would lasted for about a decade. But, yeah. So, yeah, that was that was the worst scene of mod. All right. So, Andy asks, uh, do you think making Resident Evil Revelations too episodic and splitting the game into chunks was a good choice? Um, it's only a weak part, which is not too bad, but then again, it's a Resident Evil game, and I doubt the story is going to be one that you're going to go, oh, I can't wait until next week. No, I I, I think it's going to be pointless. They're probably just going after something that seems popular, which would be walking yeah. good. It seems like a marketing decision. Yeah. And do you think not releasing the game on the Wii U or 3DS was a smart move on Capcom's part? Uh, I don't know. They port. It's literally coming to everything else except the Vita. So not putting on the Wii U is weird since the first game was like on the Wii U. Yeah, it had, it had like features for the Wii U and it was also on the 3DS. I don't know. Capcom seems to hate the uh, Nintendo stuff right now. They're not bringing uh, remaster there either. They're, they kind of avoided that question we asked. I, I think I think the 3DS thing is the fact that just be, it's because it's like a Resident Evil 6's engine, so the 3DS probably can't handle it. Yeah. The Wii um, U shouldn't be a problem, though, for them. I think the thing is, you know... Yeah, not to go into this... And I know you love Nintendo, Andy. What? <laughs> um, yeah, the, the, the Wii is just... I think maybe for them, they just don't see it as viable just because everything sells so bad on it. Um, yeah. Even, like, Mario Kart. Mario Kart didn't do nearly as good as they were hoping it would. Um, 
yeah, I think that maybe they just Capcom's look at it, let's look at it this way. Capcom makes a lot of bad business decisions decisions and right now they're kind of hurting. Um they are very teetering on the edge of it's kind of amazing to think that the company that made like Street Fighter, Mega Man and Resident Evil and a whole bunch of others is like on the verge of bankruptcy. Um so they're probably trying to like okay, we can make this many SKUs as in ports and these are the platforms we can get on. Like, if we put the money into putting it onto Wii U and it only sells, you know, 40,000 units, that might not be worth it for them. Yeah. Um, that's just a business thing. I don't think... It's the same reason why the Vita's missing some of their games as well now. Like, we Yeah, never, exactly. We never got the a Monster Vita... Hunter, which would make sense on a Vita. Uh, it, would make, it would make so much... Like, like the Vita is just like the Wii U. They're like the exact same. It's just the reason why they both get neglected a lot is because they don't sell tons. The, 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 the Wii U has sold more than the Vita in terms of units, I believe. Mm-hmm. But, the, but the Vita sells more games. Like, when we had Robert from Zaboid Games on my podcast, um, those are like the guys that make like Cthulhu Saves the World and shit like that. Um, he says that that for indie developers and even big AAA developers at the Vita, for some reason, maybe it's because it didn't have a lot of games. Uh, a, a lot of Vita owners will own upwards of like eight games, which is really uncommon apparently mm-hmm. for most platforms. Uh, so they're starting to put more games on it, but who knows? Maybe, maybe Nintendo's or maybe uh, Capcom's just being silly. Who fucking knows? Yeah, yep, they just don't want to do it. When 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 RE4 comes to the Vita, you'll know that that's when they start supporting it. I'm willing to bet that 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 really awesome PC port of Resident Evil 4 goes to next gen soon. Oh, oh yes, of course. I mean, it, they should have just announced it already because it's almost obvious they're bringing yeah. back the other one. Yeah, they should yeah. probably put Code Veronica on Steam as well. <laughs> you really love that game. You want to play it again? I would stream it just for the humor. I fucking hate that game. I hate <laughs> it. I hate it so much. But a poorly made shit god i hate that game so much <laughs> but it's funny when i get angry streaming so except for when i don't know what to do uh next question from frankie mcdonald thoughts on dark dreams don't die i really have i don't have a oh, xbox one so i can't play it i did want to play it though apparently it's really good i yeah. saw on the gaff thread talking about story of the year thus far and a lot of people are bringing that up yeah i'm i'm really happy for swery that he made another great game that people are loving because i mean it, I mean, it was a possibility that Deadly Premonition was like could have been a one-hit wonder. It was his only game that ever got this huge recognition. And even then, when it first came out, people were like, oh, whatever, this is this stupid piece of shit. No one really gave it a chance. And then when some people started giving it a chance, word of mouth caught on, and people were like, wow, this is a really funny, imaginative game. And I'm glad that he can replicate that so well. So that's good for it's him. Too, it's too bad it's only on X-Bone. Yeah. I don't know if it'll ever come to PC, but maybe. PC, maybe... He said PS4 never. He actually said that on Twitter. He said never. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Thanks, Swery. Thanks for crushing my dreams. <laughs> it's okay. If it comes to PC, you will. Apparently, the connect yeah. the connect is used really well, which is hilarious. Uh, so apparently, it works fine with the gamepad, though. Yeah. So if it comes to PC, mouse would be mouse and keyboard would be all right. Mm-hmm. Um, Anubis says, not a question, that uh, he or she actually pictured us podcasting from the depths of an insane asylum. Well, we're going to change that, and we're going to be podcasting from the depths of the Amazon on a boat. Oh, God. We got to do it for the podcast. 
And Whitney's just ah. there with her squinty eyes because she's like an evil snake man. <laughs> Go get him. Go get him. <laughs> I, I, I get, okay, you would have to be J-Lo. I, of I, course, of course. Thanks for the, the racial connection. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying you're hot. That's what I was saying. Thank you so much. And I get to be Owen Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what, guys. What's going I, on? Just I pinch your nose. Like, hey guys, and I was like, I'm Owen Wilson. <laughs> I just saw a big snake. <laughs> I saw a big snake. What do we do? I don't know. Have you ever seen my friend Vince Vaughn? <laughs> uh, yeah, it would. Who would be the snake? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, uh, whatever. Oh fuck. That movie's great. Watch watch Anaconda, by the way. Yeah, everyone wants... Not... <laughs> we have to stare... We have to reiterate, not Nicki Minaj's Anaconda. <laughs> we, they should remake Anaconda, though, with Nicki Minaj and... And, uh... And, uh... Drake. Drake, there you go. Oh, God. God, that movie's so good. <laughs> <laughs> just imagine... Remember the part when the, the snake's underwater and you can see Owen Wilson's body inside and it just contorts to his face? Yeah. If they do it with Nicki Minaj, <laughs> two, two big butt cheeks. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Alright, next question from Frank Margarilla. Do you think that with how mainstream Silent Hill has gotten through the through the mere reveal of Silent Hills, that we may possibly see another Silent Hill movie? Uh, most Not really because of Silent Hill being popular, but more of the fact that... Um, uh, Konami's been talking to Hollywood to actually get a Metal Gear movie produced, and and I guess that's inspired Hideo Kojima to try to connect a little bit more with Hollywood. So we have uh, Keith or Sutherland as Snake. We have uh, Hideo Kojima being friends with Avi Arad. Now we have him being friends with Guillermo del Toro and um, Norman Reedus. So what I'm hoping for, because I think the producing company, the producer company that owns the rights to the Silent Hill movies. I don't know if they're going to give that up so easily if Konami ever had the idea of let's try making different film this time, like a bigger thing. Because the last, Res- the last Silent Hill film and the Resident Evil films have pretty small budgets. Like, they drastically decreased their budgets and they, were, they, look, they look like it and they're really poor, they're poorly made. But if Konami wants to maybe pursue a higher budget more pro, higher profile Silent Hill movie with Guillermo del Toro presenting or something like that. I I hope for that. That'd be great because then it would be better than the pile of shit we got last time. But uh, I don't know. I don't know if it. I don't know if it guarantees it. It'd be great if it did mean so because Silent Hill definitely looks like it's going to be a popular topic for non fans. And oh, I just want Guillermo del Toro to do something with the Silent Hill series as in movie form as well. His creature design I think, team. I think he's way too busy. Well, he could he's just already, present it. Just present he's it. Like, he's like working on like Pacific Rim 2 and all this other shit right now. Yeah. Um, I just hope the game is good. Fuck the movies. Yeah, I just the want game the first. new game to be good. Uh, I don't know. I think that they should remake Anaconda before they try another Silent Hill game. Jesus Christ. Guillermo del Toro's Anaconda. Oh, that'd be awesome! Oh, God. Give it like an Anaconda with like eight heads. <laughs> It's going to be played by the same guy that plays all the creatures in his movies. Yeah, exactly. Oh, gosh. That would be great. There's a cool skin. Cool skin? Baby Bert. 
<laughs> okay. Uh, God. Oh, what's next? Um, Cheshire Cat asks, are you excited as a Vita owner that a horror game is finally coming to the platform? Well, some horror games have come to the platform, but uh, Cheshire Cat's referring to Project Scissors. And yeah, I mean, I love having more Vita games, and a horror game of that caliber coming to the console sounds great. Really yeah, great. Pretty interesting choices of platforms. Yeah, so um, excited, definitely. Uh, but as a Vita owner, you should have some. Co- you should have a couple horror games by now. Have the Lone uh, Survivors, have the Corpse Parties. Danganronpa's yeah. pretty damn gruesome. <laughs> There you go. That's not, it's not a horror game, but it's objectively better than Resident Evil. Objectively, yes. Not our opinion. It's not even opinion. It's not even... No, it's not. Can't argue. No, you can. If you showed it... If you were to, like... Like, if we... If you... If you, at, when you got to talk to Shinji Mikami, you should have gotten to play it, and be like, this is better than what I made. <laughs> Would you take this or this? And he just slaps Resident Evil out of my hand. Actually, wow. at this point... That's not even a joke at this point. He, he would. He really would. He hates Resident Evil now. I don't know how many people know that, but not maybe not not the games he made. But he said he would never play a Resident Evil game again. He at, said that, and he was referring to five. So imagine what he thinks of six. I would love to make him play that. Him and Kamiya in like local co-op. <laughs> when 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 Rely on Horror has as as much pull as IGN, we'll make Shinji Mikami play Resident Evil Six. <laughs> that would be great. He'd, He'd just, just scream. What is this? Make sure there's a bunch of alcohol on the coffee table in front of them. <laughs> Alright, we got one more. Uh, do you think Silent Hills is plural for multiple protagonists in a single game that you can follow, as in scenarios? I don't um, know. If I, don't, I really don't know. It I, think could... just, I think it's just called Silent Hills because Kojima's weird. Yeah, he's weird, but maybe it does imply there's something. We discussed it on Whitney's podcast of a potential theory that maybe the main character is an identity thief and they enter the different worlds, the different other worlds of people, so they go to multiple other worlds, multiple Silent Hills. I don't know. Really don't know. It could e- it could easily just be a weird naming scheme that Kojima likes to do, like Ground Zeroes with an S. Yeah, exactly. He's a weird guy, but who knows. Um, yes, yeah, so that's about it. Got the questions out of the way. Hour and 20 minute podcast. We did good. We did good. Yeah. Send this one off. All right. So you can follow me on Twitter at arsenic13. Um, you should go to the helldescent.com forum to talk about horror games. And you should also follow our new Steam group, um, Rely on Horror. Just look it up. We have um, just a group for all the fans of the site. But we also have a curation a page, which shows all the horror games that we recommend. So go follow that. And whenever we have a game we like, whether we've reviewed it or not, we'll post it up there and go, you should get this because of whatever reason. And that's a good way to follow our uh, our thoughts on stuff. And uh, New York Comic Con's coming up, so we'll have some stuff from there. And you can, that's you it. can have your own panel for fans. No, not yet. You should one day we will, and we'll just we'll just talk. It'll just be called <clears throat> Reliant Horror Presents. Why Danganronpa is objective. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> why, why Resident Evil is awful. And then <laughs> that's it. Then we'll just get kicked out. And Capcom. What we'll, we'll just show pie charts awfulness. Resident <laughs> Evil. <laughs> we we went to the streets today and showed people character designs of Resident Evil Revelations One, Jessica, and Resident Evil Remake. Which one do you think looks like a more approachable person? This person whose swimsuit is missing a pant leg for some reason, or this person who's dressed as a cop. 
And for some reason, she has like a purple stripe over her military, uh, military grade swimsuit and stockings and high heels in the Antarctic. Oh my god! I played raid mode the other day, mm-hmm. and the character Rachel is awful, like worse than I originally thought. Because not only was she conceived as a character that's literally just a walking pair of breasts, her face is gone. They never show her face because it doesn't matter to them. Mm-hmm. When you play raid mode. She has such wonderful, um, like, little one-liners, like, I did it! Rachel reporting in! Oh, God, she sounds, she sounds like she, an airhead, and it's like, they made this character as horrible as possible. Yeah, it's pretty bad. <sighs> but Which yes. is why yes. Danganronpa is objectively it, better it, than Resident it Evil. Is. It is. It really is. Like, when, when Resident Evil does something, like a character returns or something, you're like, okay. When Danganronpa does it, you're like, <gasps> you freak out because Danganronpa's characters are likable and three-dimensional. And, you know, like, Wesker said he was just going to destroy the world. Just did it. That was a spoiler. We can edit that out. <laughs> Boop, just did it. I'll beep it. Uh, oh, yeah, you got to sign out. What are you going to tell people? Um, I'm at Levito on Twitter. Um, I don't know how many more Rely articles I'm going to have. Uh, Lately, I'm just super busy with school, and I've got to do a review for my own Persona podcast, which is at SLNKFM, if you want to watch that, or listen to that. Uh, Nature Margos from Atlas is coming on, and uh, he's one of the key translating people there. And that's about all I really have to say, um, other than, you know, I'm starting to think that Anaconda might be objectively better than Resident Evil as well. At this point, it is. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, it's it's got a more of a hook. I would rather watch Anaconda than play a new Resident Evil game. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just upload a video. Exclusive thirty exclusive hour and a half of Resident Evil Revelations to just Anaconda. Watch <laughs> Anaconda instead. Oh, be- you know you what you should do? Get one of those like portable DVD like screens or whatever. Or even just put it on your phone. Put Anaconda, like a digital version on your phone, and just, like, at, at New York Comic Con, stand beside the Resident Evil Revelations 2 booth and just play the movie. And everyone's, like, about to play the game, like, oh, what's that? And then they, everyone just crowds around. This is exclusive <laughs> footage from the next film. No, it's just Anaconda. It's just, <laughs> people are drawn to it because it's better than Resident Evil. Oh, my God. Oh, good night, everyone. <laughs>